Hey, hey everybody, uh, welcome back. It's uh, Thursday, November 15th. Time is uh, 2 o'clock Central Time, uh, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, where I'm at. I'm just outside of Los Angeles, California. And I got to tell you, if I, um, if I didn't have to bring the truck back to Milwaukee, I don't think I would come back to Chicagoland. I mean, this weather is just friggin' unbelievable. Um, I went to go and uh, pick up this load. And it's heading back to uh, Wisconsin, uh, like Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, and took an Uber um, from the uh, pickup. I asked them how long it's going to take, and they said they're not sure. So I told them I'm going to leave and get some food. And I took an Uber to uh, the nearest uh, Chipotle because there was a Chipotle and a Starbucks next door to each other. So I went there, and I was sitting outside at the Starbucks, uh, sipping on my ice green tea, waiting for the next Uber to come. And I don't know, i got to tell you, man, it, it was just... It was something, un this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I mean, the weather is just crazy good. Um, there's a lot of traffic, which is a pain in the ass, but, you know, I get paid salary, so I don't care how long I sit in traffic. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell these guys to try to send me out this way more often. You know, driving a truck out here can be a pain in the ass, but, again, I get paid salary, so it doesn't really matter. Um so uh, shout out to uh, my buddy Matt and uh, both my buddies, uh, Matt and Tori, they're both doing a lot better. So I'm very happy to hear that. Um, they're both scaring me a little bit, but I hear that they're both doing good. And uh, so shout out to that. Glad you guys are feeling better. Um, so I talked to <laughs> I talked to a buddy of mine. I won't mention his name. And uh, he just he gets a kick out of my podcast. He listens to every episode. And uh, he's a he's a local trucker in uh, in Chicago. Um and uh, he, he listens to the show and he just gets a kick out of some of the shit that I've been through. And he, he made a statement today saying something like, you know, I'm surprised you haven't shot up a school or or went psycho or something like that. Um, I would never do anything to those ex to that extreme. But, uh, yeah, it is pretty funny um, hearing what people might what people would end up doing if they lived the life that I've lived. So it, it was kind of comical when he said that. And uh, believe me, man, you know, you know, I'm talking about you. Uh, just know that there's a lot more to come. <laughs> So just uh, sit back and relax. Um, so I'm going to talk, uh, talk today about senior year of high school. Uh, you know, not a lot happened senior year, so I'm going to keep this episode pretty short. Um, you know, I did meet a girl, um, ended up dating her for two and a half years, and I mentioned her in previous podcasts. She's the one where I worked for her stepdad in that tool and die industry. Um, her and I met. And I, I guess we had met sometime my junior year, actually, and I don't remember us meeting. And, uh, you know, we she added me on Facebook, and I thought she was kind of cute, so I messaged her saying, hey, do I know you? And she told me how we first met. I didn't know what she was talking about, but again, I thought she was cute, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you, and, you know, I had no idea. And we started dating, and uh, before you knew it, you know, we, we were in a relationship, and we were a pretty, you know, pretty good couple. Um, I learned a lot of lessons in that relationship and, uh, you know, in a way I wish I can kind of go back because in a lot of ways, you know, she was good for me, but in a lot of ways, you know, she was not good. Um, you know, one specific way, you know, my family didn't like her all that much. Um, you know, she would, she wasn't the skinniest girl. She definitely was no you know ballerina, but she wasn't the biggest girl either. And she used to show off her legs and I, I loved her legs because they were, you know, nice and thick and, um, and she was, you know, she was strong and, um, she used to show them off by wearing like short shorts and my family hated that. I mean, they like despised her for that. So, you know, that was one thing that was, but I mean, if my family doesn't like a girl that I'm dating, to be honest, I usually don't give a damn, you know, cause they're not the ones dating her. I am, but 
you know, so that was one reason why it was good that we probably end up ended up breaking up. But, you know, again, I learned a lot of la- lessons in that relationship. You know, one thing I learned, you know, I, I had a lot of close friends in high school and I was, I was popular and a lot of people I considered family at that time. And when her and I started dating, you know, we were hanging out literally like every single day. Um, you know, there was almost not a day went by where we didn't see each other. And I realized that that put a damper on a lot of my friendships. And, um, you know, it, it made people not be as close to me. I mean, my buddy Emmanuel... Um, who's like a brother to me, who will always be a brother to me. Um, you know, him and I even got distant when I was in that relationship, unfortunately. And like I said, that's a lesson that I had quickly learned um, after we broke up, trying to rekindle some of these relationships, or I should say some of these friendships that I had. Um, so that's one lesson I could give you guys is, you know, when you start dating somebody, um, you know, it's totally fine to see them several times a week, but you got to leave time for your friends and you got to leave time uh, for people that you consider family, just because, you know, they, they deserve it. You know, they, they enjoy your attention. They enjoy being around you. They enjoy, you know, uh, every, you know, they just enjoy you. And if you, uh, start to fade away from them a little bit, well, then they might not, uh, they might not have the same feelings for you as time continues to go by. So that's my advice to anybody that's getting into a pretty serious relationship is always make time for friends, always make time for family. And if your partner can not understand that, then it, then the relationship is not meant to be. Uh, that's the way that I look at that scenario. So uh, that's one lesson that I learned. Um, another lesson that I learned from that relationship is straight up just to speak what's on your mind. Um, you know, we, we broke up over something really petty. And it, it, in hindsight, I should have just spoken up. But we broke up over something extremely petty. And if I would have just told her about the stuff that I was going through and told her about my concerns, maybe she would have understood but um you know what it is what it is and uh she eventually broke up with me and it broke my heart the first night i'm not gonna lie i i did cry a little bit because i mean it was my first real girlfriend i mean i I dated a girl for like nine months before that or however the hell long it was i mentioned her in a previous podcast um and then there was this girl from senior year and i dated girls in between but nothing this serious so yeah i was heartbroken but then the next day you know, I realized, you know what, the hell with her. She just made a big mistake, and, you know, she's going to feel sorry for it eventually. And whether she does or not, I really don't care. But, you know, I've mentioned before, too, it was probably the right move at that time. So I've just learned to, to speak whatever's on my mind, to speak what's bothering me. And if, if, a, if a problem cannot be resolved by talking it through and trying to work out a solution with your partner, then unfortunately the relationship's just not meant to be, and it's going to end up – and if you're going to force it, you know, it, it's like a fart. If you got to force it, it's probably going to end up being shit, so – those are a couple of lessons that I learned from that relationship. Um, so I played baseball senior year, obviously, and it was a really bad year for me. You know, I don't know about you guys, but anytime, anytime I entered a relationship, I gained a little bit of weight. Even after high school, I gained a little bit of weight, um, or in some cases, a lot of weight, just because, you know, your bill when you're eating alone goes from $7 to $47 somehow. There's always an appetizer, and there's always dessert after. So, I mean, and there's less exercise. You know, unless you can find a gal or a guy that's going to be willing to exercise with you, then I don't see much work getting done in that relationship, unfortunately. So, um, you know, so, I mean, I, I gained some weight senior year, but it wasn't that bad. But I gained some weight, still had a crazy amount of strength in me. I max benched at like 355, 345 or 355, something like that was a max bench for me my senior year before baseball started. So I was still crazy strong. Um, when baseball season came, we had some really, really bad weather. If you guys, uh, if anybody can remember, uh, 2011 
was the year of that crazy snowstorm. And I got a pretty funny story about that. Well, not a funny story, but I got an interesting story about that snowstorm that I'll tell in a minute. But that was the year of that crazy uh, Chicago snowstorm, the biggest storm we'd seen in like 70 years. So, you know, that led into a really bad spring and a really bad summer for rain and stuff like that. And, you know, we didn't play baseball for like three weeks because of the weather, like three straight weeks of the regular season. I mean, we were practicing indoors. And, you know, it's not like every other sport where you can still get work done. Like, I'll, I'll compare it to an outside sport like football. In football... You can practice indoors because there's a lot of there's a lot of drills that you could do indoors that you would be doing outdoors. In a way, same for baseball, but not necessarily. Um, on a baseball field, you're hitting actual baseballs and you're you're facing real life pitching when you're in practice. But when you're indoors, a machine is pitching like rubber balls to you or like or like soft. Um, I don't even know what kind of like texture it would be, but it's not the same as a baseball. So I mean, you're seeing the ball differently. You're not seeing it out of somebody's hand, and that that caused a lot of um, that caused a lot of stress uh, for me trying to uh, regain some of the skills I had lost by being out for for three weeks by not being able to play outside. And um, you know we, we we made it kind of far in the city playoffs. We didn't make it anywhere near as far as junior year though, and uh, we made it to the, just the second game in the state playoffs, and uh, we ended up losing to Notre Dame High School and. Um, I remember, uh, I remember my last, uh, my last at bat. We were down by like six, seven, eight runs or something. Like we knew we were gonna lose. Notre Dame was a really good school, and the pitcher that they had, he threw nothing but one pitch. It was just a fastball all game, and for some reason, none of us could hit it. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember huddling the team at that point, and I had tears running down my face, and you know, just thinking about this moment right here makes me a little sad, to be honest with you. Um, I remember telling the team, you know. Uh, for us seniors out there, this could be the last time we ever play this game competitively. You know, let's give it just one last shot. And, uh, you know, I love you guys. And, you know, I'll never forget the good times that we had and the bad times. And, you know, I consider you all like family and, you know, um, and so forth and so on while tears are running down my face. And um, last at bat for me, I struck out. So that was the way I ended my senior year. I struck out and sitting in the dugout and, you know, we ended up losing the game. We go out to shake the hands of Notre Dame players we're all just kind of standing there, you know, like lost a little bit, like lost and confused, especially the seniors. Like, what do we do now? Kind of thing. Like, where's our life going? And um, I just kind of broke down and, and I don't get emotional that often, guys. I really don't. I mean, you could ask some of my closest friends. I mean, some of them have never seen me cry before. Um, you know, I, I broke down only one time in front of all my friends and I'll, I'll get into that situation in just a moment. Um, but I mean, I, I rarely show my emotion and I became very emotional after that game because I knew my, Baseball was my life for a very long time, and I knew my life was basically over at that point, and I needed to, I needed to do something else because I knew I had to start working. I knew I could not compete anymore. And as I'm as I'm shaking hands with guys on my team and giving them kisses on the cheek and telling them I love them, and, you know, just crying. And a lot of people are telling me, man, don't don't stop playing. You're good. You know, give it a shot. But unfortunately, you know, I, I just couldn't. I mean, I had to work. I had to make money. And uh, you know, in a way, that's why I'm out doing what I'm doing now, because if I ever if I ever do get married and if I ever have kids, I don't ever want my kid to not be able to do what he loves simply because of money. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be spoiling the hell out of him, but that simply means that, um, you know, if he wants to take a shot after after the senior year and go to a go to a junior college or, or go or try or try out for some kind of professional baseball team or something or whether it's baseball, soccer, football, hockey, whatever the hell it is, dance, I don't care. 
but I don't want money to be the deciding factor in where that they where they want to go if they want to give it a shot. And unfortunately, that was my deciding factor. I nobody in my family was able or willing to, you know, look into seeing how they can help financially um, in order to at least let me try to take my shot. So. And, and, and I'll get into um, and I'll and I'll get into uh, the junior college that I went to where they where that was really the only shot I could have given myself and I'll get into how I got screwed over over there it's a really really bad story um, so that was that was senior year for me guys I mean um, you know a lot of the teachers they pretty much considered us juniors and seniors already gone as if we graduated you know they kind of stopped caring about our education which was understandable because Taft went into a, um, uh, what do they call that, uh, a college, uh, where, where the high schools turn into, where college prep, college preparatory school. So Taft turned into that my junior year, early my junior year. So the teachers basically told us, you know, they wanted us juniors and seniors out of there. They're going to do whatever they can to get us out. And that's what they did. I mean, for the rest of junior and senior year, I literally pretty much did nothing academically the only thing i had to worry about was that act and i talked about that in the last podcast um so i'll get off that for a minute and i'll talk about that uh that snowstorm of 2011 i'm sure a lot of you guys remember it uh, i remember uh obviously we heard about it coming in for several days and finally it came in it was sometime in the middle of the week and i look outside and i mean you, you see nothing but snow i mean you don't even see cars i mean it's, it's like it's crazy and I asked my mom, I'm like, hey, are you going to work? And she says, no, I'm not going to work. Are you going to school? I'm like, no, I'm going to work. I'm going to go shovel snow. And she, oh, wow, okay, well, good luck. Let me know if you need my help with anything. And I told her I'm going to clean off the car. And if you don't mind driving me, you know, to, you know, in case you need the car or whatever, just drop me off in a neighborhood and, uh, you know, I'll walk around. She says, all right, no problem. So we actually go to Norwood Park, which is right across the street from my high school. And I come across a few houses in a row that um, that need snow removal. And I'm walking across the, this long driveway. This driveway had to be like 100 feet long, full of snow. I mean, it had, the snow was like three feet high. It was ridiculous in this driveway. So I'm literally like climbing over the snow. And I, I knock on the door and this woman answers. And I said, hi, ma'am, I'm, I'd like to shovel your snow. Do you want it removed? And she said, oh, thank God. Yes, please. You know, how much is it going to cost? I'm like. To be honest, I don't know. I've never had to do this much snow before, so you tell me what you think is fair. And she's like, how's $200 sound? I'm like, wow, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I'll get started right away. She's like, okay, let me know when you're done. So I go back to my car, my mom, and I tell her, hey, this lady's offering me $200, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to work, and I'll call you when I'm done. She's okay, no problem. Drives off. Start working for about a half hour, and I literally get like a foot into the driveway. I mean, I got nowhere. It was horrible back is already killing me luckily it wasn't too cold outside but i mean i was i was already tired i was ready to quit and the neighbor next door yells over he says hey kid come here and i walk over and i said yeah he's here here's my snowblower go ahead and borrow it and it was like a brand new five speed like monster snowblower literally had gears on the snowblower i had never seen something like that before and i'm like holy crap man thank you do you want me to throw you some money like 50 bucks towards it 100 bucks He's like, no, man, don't even worry about it. Just use it and, and, you know, give it back to me when you're done. You know, these guys, they got, you know, million-dollar homes. I mean, they don't care about 100 bucks. So, you know, shout-out to the guy to let me use that because I ended up finishing her driveway in another half hour, and she paid me the full 200 bucks that, that we promised or that we agreed on. So I made $200 in one hour, and that's the most money I've ever made on an hourly basis. I called my mom up. I said, hey, come pick me up. I'm done. 
And I told her what happened. She's like, oh, wow, that's great. That's great. She came, picked me up. And I said, she's like, are you going back out? I'm like, nope, I made my money and I went home. That was it. I was done. So that was the most money I made on an hourly basis for the 20, 2011 snowstorm. That was back in uh, February of 2011. So, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, so I'll get into uh, so, I mean, you know, honestly, guys, that's pretty much it for senior year. I mean, senior year was not a crazy year for me. Um, you know, I, I, you know, no fights happened, uh, just that relationship. I told you guys about that. I mean, honestly, it, it was a quick year that just really flew by, but it was, it was very emotional for me. It was heartbreaking in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, if there's one thing that I wish I could do is just get back on that field and give it one more shot. And financially, I actually could make it happen in the next year. The problem is I'm going to be 26 in August of next year. And it would take me at least a year to get back into competitive condition, which means I would be trying out for a professional team at 27 years old. I just don't think a professional team would be looking at, I don't even think they would let me walk onto a field at 27 years old to try out for a team. So it breaks my heart to say, I think I'm done competing. I'll never stop playing though. Um, but I think competing, I think I'm unfortunately done and it really hurts, but you know what guys, it is what it is. And, you know, I can't control it. So I'll talk, um, I'll talk about going into uh, Triton College. That was a junior college I, um, I got into and uh, or that I, I applied for. I didn't want to go to Wright College. I heard bad things about it. Um, I lasted at Triton College for maybe a month, maybe like five weeks. I can't remember, to be honest with you guys. I'd have to look back and, um, and look, take a look at the records to see how long I actually lasted. But I've got friends that will confirm this story. And it's freaking, it pisses me off just thinking about it. So, uh, obviously, I was going to try out for Triton College Baseball. And they had a Division One team. So, I thought I was good enough to play on Division One. to be honest with you. I mean, I, I really, I wanted to give it a shot. So, about 20 or 30 guys show up at this tryout. And we all knew about the tryout. I mean, there's flyers all over the school. Saturday morning tryout, 8 a.m. I happened to go there, about 20, 30 guys. And I knew a couple of guys that were there. Both happen to be Chicago cops now, actually. Both good guys. Um, standing there and nothing's happening. There's no coaches around. It's probably going on about 8:30 now. And I decided, all right, the hell with it. I'm going to get up and run and stretch, throw with my buddies. We start doing that. People start following along. So now we got a whole bunch of people running, stretching, throwing, getting ready for the tryout. Uh, now it's going on 9, 9:15. Nothing's happening. I call the school. I said, hey, a bunch of guys are out here trying out. They're ready to try out. Where are the coaches at? And somebody had answered saying, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, sir, but there are no baseball tryouts scheduled today. The team has already chosen. I said, whoa, wait a minute. What are you talking about? There's flyers all over the school saying that there's tryouts today at 8 a.m. you got like 30 guys out here trying out or ready to try out. She said, I'm sorry, sir, but the team has already chosen. I don't know who put those flyers up. It could have just been a prank, but, uh, you know, I'm sorry. You missed, uh, you missed your opportunity. And that was it. And I relayed the message to everybody on the field and everybody was pissed off. And, you know, I mean, it was it was really unfortunate because there were actually some good ball players there. And, you know, it was freezing cold when we were at that tryout. I mean, it was literally like 40 degrees and raining and it was, you know, windy. But all of us were out there and all of us were ready to try out. And the ladies simply said we missed our shot. And that was it, guys. That was the last time I could have competed uh, or tried out for a competitive team. I mean, who knows what could have happened from there. You know, if you think about it, I mean, I, I could have made the division. If, if I was good enough, 
and I later found out I would have been good enough because I eventually played with guys that were on that Triton team. That sucked. So I mean, just think about it. I could have made that. I could have made that um, that Triton team. Played maybe one year, got my name out there, maybe made it to some university for another year or two, and then boom, you know, that's it. And who knows what could have happened from there. But unfortunately, life didn't work out that way, and you know, it is what it is. So, um, like I said, I don't remember how long I lasted. It lasted in that school after that. Uh, it was not much longer because I just had a bad taste in my mouth. I was taking classes I didn't care about, um, and I eventually dropped out of the college. And then I eventually, I eventually, uh, eventually went back to school, and I eventually went to Wright College um, to try them out over there. But again, you know, Wright College, you hear what you hear. I didn't last very long over there. You know, school simply was not for me after high school. It's it's as simple as that. And how far I've gotten without a college education just shows a lot of people that, you know, you don't need a fancy piece of paper to tell somebody that you're smart. I mean, you just need common sense. You need a good work ethic, and you need to not be lazy. You need to be willing to wake up and put in the hours and do what you got to do. And, you know, I proved that time and time again. And I'll get into some of that in the later podcast. You know, I know I talked about all the jobs that I've worked, but not into great detail. And, and, uh, and over the next few podcasts, I'm going to get into some of the some of the greater detail on how I've really busted my ass to make a name for myself, to build a resume, and to basically, you know, get where I wanted, try to get where I wanted to be and get where I am today. And, you know, uh, as, as you guys know, a lot of you guys know, a lot of unfortunate things happened to me to slow me down from, from where I should be. But now that I'm doing what I'm doing, um, you know, time, time is, uh, time is, is the only issue now. I mean, which is, which is good. I'm, I'm happy to say it. And I'm very thankful for, for, for being able to say that, um, no matter what hiccups come into my life at this point, you know, it, it I just blow, I'm just going to brush right past it and move on. Um, nothing really crazy knock on wood can happen at this point, um, to slow me down. So that was, uh, so that's pretty much all I had for you guys today. Um, you know, not, nothing really crazy, so it's not going to be a long, not going to be a crazy long podcast. It'll be under 25 minutes. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for your time. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, later. Uh, be safe.